So as you know, on this show, we like to speak to people who believe in a more human-centric, unscalable approach to growing their businesses. So today, I'm super excited to have Matt Halloran on the show. Matt is partner and chief relationship officer at Proudmouth. And just like me, Matt believes that cold calling and ads are dying. So with Proudmouth, Matt is using the power of podcasts to help his clients create an online presence where their customers and fans come to them. No sales or ads are needed. Matt, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. From your perspective, why do you think ads and sales pitches are no longer effective? I, people don't want to be sold to. They want to opt into marketing nowadays. They want to mar- opt into your product. And that's that's what we're finding in the most successful brands that we have seen uh, within the last 36 months have had people who they will buy from you instead of you having to sell to them. Um, it, and, and I think a lot of it's the algorithms and stuff on social. Um, you know, they put ads in front of you of stuff they know you want, right? Uh, it's a lot easier to say yes to something that's very targeted instead of spending a million dollars on a Super Bowl ad uh, that you're just going to blanket something to the whole world. I just, that's not as effective anymore. Uh, there was a, a meme that was going around about the new CEO of McDonald's saved $600 million this quarter. And uh, when asked why that was, he said, well, we stopped advertising. And they're like, well, how could you do that? And he's like, look, when you drive by a McDonald's, you know what we do. Like, aha, right? Now you have to keep people aware of new products and services, but that's why I think people just are tired of the what can I do to get you in this car today? Sort of sleazy sales techniques, and and people are hypersensitive to it. I believe, Gavin, that they really they okay okay you're selling to me right now. It's yucky. <laughs> so if you if you're just starting out and you want to try drive awareness, should you need ads to help create the awareness, make people aware of your product or service? I think that medium is finished. I, I think that you have to be so focused and targeted now because people are so tired of the advertising noise that if you're not making the effort to target them and know that you want to work with them or you want them to work with you, you're dead in the water right out of the gate as far as I'm concerned. So you have a very, a very strong mission at Proudmouth. Um, could you tell the listeners what that mission is? Yeah, so our mission here is to free the world's expert from the torment of sales. And and basically, our company focuses on highly regulated areas of expertise. So that would be uh, financial services, insurance, accounting, estate planning, physicians, uh, because they're so heavily regulated within the states here that uh, there's so many things that they can't say, but the problem is, is there's so much misinformation out there, Gavin, across all of those, right? Medical stuff mm-hmm. to, to you know, insurance products and annuities. We believe that it is is your responsibility as a professional to get your voice out in the marketplace and own your specific vertical. So there's so much information coming from what we refer to as Wall Street, right? So big corporations, huge money spends. Um, and what we want to do is we want to get the power away from Wall Street and put it back in Main Street. And we believe that you can do that by, and podcasting is our medium, but we believe that you can do that through a very strong social strategy, very focused market niche, and consistent and kind of ever-present and omnipresent social media posting and, and engagement. So if, if I came to you with my, say, product or service, um, how would you kind of work with me? Like, how, how does that, that whole process work? Yeah. Well, we're super, super structured. And the reason why is we've started in financial services, Gavin, and they're the most detail-oriented people like ever, right? (laughs) You've got to have all of your T's crossed and your I's dotted to the nth degree. So we have a whole onboarding process. And part of our onboarding process 
it, it even starts before that. I'm pre-qualifying everybody because of our content. Um, so I'm the face of the company. I do most of the podcasts. I'm interviewing people. Um, I'm interacting with people on social. People don't even come to us anymore if they don't know who we are, what we do, why we do it, right? And so like your first couple of calls are, they're done. Uh, my, my, and I'm air quoting sales process or onboarding process went from six calls to two, which is wonderful because, <laughs> you know, uh, usually I'm almost an order taker now, but, but getting, getting back to your question, um, it is so important for people to know what, who they want to talk to in their mind's eye. So we take them in the discovery process to force them to say, this is who you're talking to in your podcast. Um, like for your podcast here, right? Your your audience is business owners who are scaling a company and who want to do things a little bit differently, right? Mm -hmm. uh, what can you do that everybody wants to scale, but you're scaling it in a different way? So you know who your ideal target market is, right? Your ideal target market isn't Nike, <laughs> right? Uh, because they're a huge con corporate conglomerate, right? Their growth and stuff is they're doing things the corporate way. You're looking for people who are stepping outside of the box per se. And that's what we're looking for too. So that's part of our onboarding process. We do all of the graphic design, custom write intros and outros to your podcast, optimize your social media pages so that you are talking to that audience. Um, and we, we, we do all of that in an incredibly unscalable <laughs> way, my friend. <laughs> Cool. So, okay. So just, just to understand, like what's the, what's the benefit of having your own po uh, podcast versus being a guest on someone else's? Could you explain just that, that difference? Yeah. Well, first off, we, we, we call it OPP. I don't know. There's a song a long time ago called OPP, right? We call it other people's podcasts. That's actually one of our strategies. So we've got nine podcast growth strategies and one of them is being a guest on other people's shows. What is, and you found this out already, my friend, if you're on somebody's show, the probability of them wanting you on your show is really high because the podcast community is tight, man. And so we love when our clients are on other people's shows. And what that does, Gavin, it gives you access to that show's audience, right? That's super powerful. But I, as a podcaster, as a person who you know is a co-founder of a podcasting company, if you try to get on my show and you don't have a podcast, oh, I'm because I need to know your commodity, you know, I need to know your known commodity, right? I need to be able to listen to some of your shows. What are your issues? What could I maybe even help you with to be better behind the microphone? And I also don't like it when people just piggyback on other people's success. I want you to start having your own organic growth and your own organic marketing. Um, but one of the most powerful things about having your own podcast is the ability to cr control your message. Um, so let, let's take, um, uh, accountants is a good example, right? So uh, accountants here in the States are probably looked at as very boring people, but what they do for you is so important. In fact, they're one of the top three people that people trust. Priests, right? Accountants. And I think attorneys is the other one, right? Uh, maybe, you know, family and friends are in there too, but uh, from a professional standpoint, physician. Um, and it's really important for them to be able to communicate what makes them unique and different because no two accountants are alike. They view the tax laws differently. They view what they'll do for you differently. And then what are some some tactics that you can use to kind of grow your audience? So, you know, say I have my own podcast. I'm coming to you guys. Maybe I'm doing it myself. Mm -hmm. What are some ways you can grow your audience? Obviously, one way is having guests on the show where they can promote it for you. But what if you just um, kind of do monologue type of podcast where you're just talking into a mic, sharing your thoughts on a particular topic? 
How do you grow that that audience? Well, surprisingly enough, Gavin, solo casts are much more difficult to promote. Uh, one of the powerful aspects of podcasting is the audience feels like they're eavesdropping in on a conversation they're interested in. People want to feel like they're in, in part of a conversation. You're being talked with instead of talked at. Um, unless it's a, for me personally, unless it is something strictly educational, like, like something like hardcore history or one of those amazing podcasts, um, it, there's got to be multiple voices or you just lose my attention. So, so that I, I believe that's a fundamental thing that we believe in. It has to be a conversation. Um, but one of the other tactics that we use, if you're a business owner, now we focus on business owners, which is a, a highly underserved podcasting place. Business owners don't seem to realize the power of this. And so one of the things they need to do is they need to go into their existing book of business, right? All of your existing relationships should subscribe to your podcast. It's a great way for them to build a stronger connection with you. So there's number one. It also makes you more referable. It's easier for me as a pro or as a client to refer a friend of mine to a podcast than it is, hey, why don't you give my guy Gavin a call? And people don't do that anymore, right? I mean, that's, that's a huge ask. It's like asking somebody to go on a date when you haven't even, you know, looked at their Tinder profile, right? And so, you know, that's really, really powerful. Last but not least, um, focused topics. So many series are very powerful. So for instance, if you're a physician and you're doing something on um, aging gracefully, right, which is something that's, oh, I think a lot of us really would like to do, right? I should like to do that. And so they'll do a three-part mini series on, you know, let's say exercise, diet, and then elective procedures, right? Then they take that and they, they send that as their marketing kit out to everybody, their existing clients, their centers of influence, their referral partners. That's how you start getting a lot more traction. But please don't uh, think that I, I, you already brought up the fact of being a guest or having guests on your show. That still is our best marketing technique. So you're a business owner, you have a referral partner or somebody you refer business to, or they refer business to you. And here's the thing, brother, you get them on your show. That's a 30 minute commercial about how awesome your referral partner is. And they're going to share that with their whole network. And you've deepened the relationship with that, that, that center of influence. I believe that that's still the most powerful technique to grow your audience. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm keen to understand just the power of influence, like how you can accelerate your influence through a podcast. I know from my experience, you know, with Sendable, I launched a podcast uh, for Sendable about two years ago. Um, and, then I, and then I went to this, this conference in the US and all our customers came to the conference. And because they were listeners to the podcast, they kind of knew my story. So they came to me like in awe, like, Gavin, we know your story, like this celebrity to us. So there's definitely a power that you can generate through just being in people's ears. Like they can hear your voice, hear your um, authenticity. But I'm curious from your perspective, like how do you think you can accelerate influence? Yeah. The, you, you just said something that's one of the most powerful techniques, which is vulnerability. Uh, you need to be yourself. People don't, it's that bravado thing I talked about right at the top of the show. Nobody wants that anymore. People want to know who Gavin is. Uh, people want to know who I am. It's it's funny. I'll do the same thing. We go to conferences and people will come up to me and say, you know, Matt, uh, I feel like I know you already. Good. <laughs> right. I mean, that's exactly what the whole point of this is. Um, so I think vulnerability is very, very, very powerful. You know, one of the other things that a lot of people don't use well is hashtags. This might seem off subject, but it's very powerful, I believe, in, in podcasting because you should use five hashtags. All right. So at people who use 50, I don't think that's right. I think you should use five. Number one is a hashtag branded for your podcast, right? So, right. It, um, 
So for me, it's, it's, you know, hashtag be your own loud hashtag top advisor marketing. Uh, the other one should be the category of the medium. So that's podcasting, blog, video, YouTube, live stream, whatever. The next one should be the topic. So overarching medical, medical advice, uh, you know, financial services. And then the fourth one should be a second layer of the description of that. So financial services, insurance, 401ks, Roths, pensions, blah, blah, blah. And then the last one, this is where a lot of people mess up. The last one should be geolocated. People say to me all the time, Gavin, I have people in you know, Australia listening to my podcast. And first of all, I'm like, well, that's pretty freaking cool if you ask me. But you know, they're not going to get clients in Australia. So if you use a geolocated hashtag, that helps the search engines make sure that they're placing your podcast in front of them, preferred over somebody who has a national show. So you put the hashtag on the actual show itself or yeah. is it on each each episode? In each episode in the show notes specifically. Oh, I see. Um, and then how do you generally measure influence? Like, you know, on a podcast, if I'm on a podcast or I have my own podcast, how can I measure return on investments? So that's, that's where everything crashes and burns, brother. That's what kills me. And one of the reasons is because of the way that podcasts are distributed. So you use Zencaster, we use something called Blueberry. Once it leaves these syndication sites, it goes out into the world and, and the world doesn't talk back to these sites very well. So it's very, very difficult to find out really what your true reach is. Now, um, there are a couple of companies that are working on that, which we're really excited about, but it isn't a numbers game because that's what you shouldn't be focusing on. This is what kills most people when they look at spending, you know, a thousand to five thousand dollars a month on on running their own show with all of the social media and all of that sort of stuff, right? When they outsource their marketing to a company like ours. And Matt, I only had 30 people listen to my show. Okay. Well, do you know if any of those were prospects? No, I don't. Okay. So I don't either, right? I'm sorry. I can't tell you that. But if if you get one client, so if you're a physician, if you're an accountant, if you're an insurance professional, if you're a financial advisor, which are the areas that we focus on that, again, highly regulated professions, you get one client from your podcast, pays for the whole thing, right? And so we try to have them uh, re-kajigger their perspective a little bit, Gavin, and, and say, okay, so if you get one client in the life of that client, what is that client's life worth? They'll say $30,000, dollars $100,000. Okay, we just need to get you one client. An interesting statistic came out that if you get more than 500 downloads or listens to your podcast, you're in the top 20%. Isn't that crazy, dude? So, uh, you know, uh, I, people just overshoot it right? People just overshoot it. And on top of that, since we don't get a lot of reciprocal data from these companies, iTunes is terrible, right? iTunes does not share anything with anybody. Apple doesn't generally do that for security reasons and whatever their business philosophy reasons are. But like if you syndicate to Google Play, which you do, because I know it does it through Zencaster, I don't know if you know this, but it also goes to all of these education platforms that most people don't even know it does that. And so it gets to these educational platforms, but it's secondary or tertiary sharing and, and you don't have any idea. So you could have 10,000 people listen to a show and it might only show up that you've got 500. But the big thing is, is this, are the right people listening, Gavin? That's the only thing that you really should be focusing on. Is your message clear? Is your target audience clear? And if you are talking to those people, you don't need that many. I think just from my experience with the um, podcast I had for Sendable, uh, it actually helped us with hiring. 
So we, we had people that were applying for jobs and they listened to the podcast. They heard our story, like the behind the scenes story of the company. And they were so excited about the company that they obviously were, they applied for the job, especially now in this market where it's hard to find tech people. Um, I think having a podcast can really help your business stand out to attract talent. So for me, there's obviously the, the, the customer use case, but also the hiring use case. So I think, I think both of those are really valuable um, just from, from my personal experience. Um, actually, I have a listener question. Someone um, asked me to ask this to you. She's thinking of starting a podcast herself. She's been using Clubhouse for a while, but now thinking about like launching her own podcast. How would you advise someone like to get? How should someone get started? Like, do they need fancy audio equipment? So I, I get asked this question on a daily basis, and and I have a very structured, and it's going to sound somewhat rote because I say this a lot. So the first thing that you need to do is you need to get a piece of paper, and you need to write down the top 12 things that you want to talk about. Okay. So I just want everybody to just think about that for a minute. The top 12 things. So whatever your podcast is going to be about, and, and for us, it's for business owners, not for just entertainment. You write down the top 12 questions you hear from your clients or the top 12 things that you, for some reason, are always talking about. And then what you do is you take those overarching 12 topics and underneath that topic, you break it into two subtopics. What you've just done is you just created a year's worth of podcast topics to put podcasts a month. Because Gavin, the biggest objection that I get is I don't know what I'm going to talk about. We take care of that in our discovery call, right? So that's the first thing. Don't hit record until you know, because there's this funny thing called pod fade. And pod fade is, is that most people get to about four to six podcasts and then they just poop out because they don't know what else to talk about. They're not getting the results that they expected, which is ridiculous. Uh, but most of the time is they don't know what to talk about. So there's the first thing that you have to do. Your confidence level then goes up, Gavin, because I, heck, I know okay, I got a podcast on this and I got a podcast on this and I can prepare, mentally prepare myself. So that's one. Number two, it's game time and show time. You should have a pregame before you get behind the microphone. This is a performance. Be ready for the performance warm yourself up vocally, you know, do, you know, stretches in your mouth. Like right before this, I, I have a couple of songs that I sing on my guitar. I have another vocal warm up. I'm standing up. I have all of these things. Now I am a podcast is what I do for a living, but I think that's super, super vital. Then the easiest part of all of it is the tech, dude. If you have a pair of the old Apple earbuds, now you can use the new super fancy ones without the wires, but the old Apple earbuds have a little microphone in it. And Gavin, I swear there's a fairy or some magical creature that lives in there because there's no reason why that should be so good. You plug that into your phone. You use Riverside.fm, Zencaster, bunch of free apps, and you're ready to podcast. But people overthink it. Um, I'm in a bunch of podcasting groups on, on social and they're like, okay, you know, I've got a $1,500 budget to start my podcast. What equipment should I buy? And I'm like, well, first off, you better not spend $1,500 on the equipment because I would rather have you spend $1,500 on a professional person to write your summary, do your graphic design, that sort of stuff, right? That's to me more important. But so I have, so my setup here, I don't, Gavin, I don't even have $1,500. This is what I do for a living. I've got a Roadcaster Pro, which I just upgraded to. I had a little itty bitty Yamaha AGO3 mixer, which by the way, is a magnificent piece of equipment. Um, I just upgraded to this. My microphone is not even a $100 mic. It's a Shure SM58 microphone. I did upgrade my boom arm just because my other one kept flinging out of the way. This was 100 bucks. So I've got a $500 mixer, which nobody needs but me. 
nobody, you, none of you need it, right? Here's the reason why it's got these canned, um, anyway, I think that's funny. Um, um, the, the microphone, I, I have a, a, a better microphone just because I know that it works with my voice, but yeah, you can get out of it for 200, 200 to 600 bucks. If you really want to pump it up or $19 and 99 cents for a pair of the old Apple earbuds, you're ready to go. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, so I'm curious, like if you're interviewing a guest, what sort of like points do you have on your shot, on your notes while you're going through the interview? I am very different from an organizational standpoint than most people, Gavin. Um, I have one question and that one question, which I asked you when you were on my show, tell me your history, right? And then my background is as a, as a therapist. So I listen and I listen to what you say in the history question. And that allows me to uh, ask follow-up questions. Now, the other thing that I do, much like you did, was I ask my guests to send me questions they want me to ask because it's a it's a show, man. I just I, I really want everybody to realize there's an entertainment value to this, and so I want you to have the best performance you can have, brother. Right? That's super important to me. <laughs> so if I know that you're going to ask me questions, or I'm going to ask you questions, you know the answer to your performance is going to be better. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, we we have a thing. It's called the perfect podcast formula. It's storytelling, education, entertainment, and call to action. Every one of your podcasts should have those four things. If they don't, you're missing some powerful real estate and some powerful influence techniques. That's great advice. <laughs> um, last question for you, Matt. Um, obviously, as you know, we like to talk about things that are unscalable. Do you have any tactics that you've used to propel your business forward that weren't, that weren't necessarily scalable in the, in the sense of kind of things that you could automate? Yeah, we use humans, man. I, 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 first off, I believe it's my responsibility as a business owner to contribute to the greater good of my community, right? So that's really important. And, and I, I, we could automate stuff. Uh, there, we've got some, um, Social media, there there are some digital AI tools that will take a transcript and turn make turn it into social media posts. We just found that the quality wasn't very good. And if a person, one of my clients has a question, they can't talk to the AI, right? Uh, so we really want a human approach. In fact, we have such a human touch to our team that every client has three humans that they work with on a podcast basis. So they've got the co-host or producer, which is a human, right? We've got their account manager, which oversees a number of accounts. And then we've got what we call SMA social media assistants, which are the ones who write the social media posts. They're also have graphic design backgrounds and things like that. But dude, people are expensive. And so, you know, uh, I've had people come to me and say, well, Matt, you know, this company does it for this and, and you're doing it for this. And I said, well, the, the difference is, is people. It's just that simple. Like we have actual humans editing the podcast. Now I can run it through different programs and we've tried that. There's some great AI programs out there, but they don't understand how it hasn't figured out how humans speak well enough. Mm. So that's really not scalable, dude. In fact, for every like three clients that we bring on board, I have to hire at least one more person. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I think just, just from my experience being on your show, I mean, this is such a great experience coming on there. I think it just felt like, like you made me feel like a hero. Like yeah. we had a, a pre-chat before, mm-hmm. and you guys sent me some swag in the mail, like a T-shirt and a sticker yeah. and that kind of thing. So it feels like this is really isn't scalable. Like how can you like, – like do you do this for every single client of yours, every, every single, single guest client. you have on the show? You do? Every single guest. Yeah, you go through our pre-game stuff. I send you the video of what I want you to do. You know, watch your umzo so she knows, stand, you know, all yeah. of the things that I, that I do for my pre-game. 
we, we send you some forms to ask, you know, what sort of questions, bio, headshot, all of that stuff. And, and Gavin, I want you're on the show because you are a hero. You're on the show because you are exceptional. You're on the show because you've done something to rise above the noise to be your own loud, right? You have done something that helps free the world experts from sales. And for you, uh, in your sendable life, you know, that was to automate something that would allow people to scale their influence and credibility. That's in we use sendable. I think you know that, but, uh, and we really like the fact that if we need somebody, there's somebody there to talk to, brother. And so, We've looked at those business models. In fact, Kirk Lowe, my partner, and I, and our chief operating officer, Lisa Ferguson, one of the things that we did before we really expanded, so we took about a year to get all of our stuff, which was expensive, uh, a year of the three of us executive level people working with really very little income. And we read case studies, right? Like Zappos was a huge component of our business model. Because Gavin, everybody who comes on board has to listen to podcasts, our podcast, and do the social media work. It's just like Zappos, you have to start on the phone. doesn't matter where you are, you start on the phone. And we thought that was important so that you, no matter where you were in the organization, understood the foundation of who we are and what we do. But I think it just makes it makes me happy that that was your experience because that's the outcome, right? My mm -hmm. goal is for you to be on the show, have a great time, share your brilliance with our audience so that other people can learn how they can, one, honestly, unapologetically be themselves, which is another core value of our company, but also to find ways so that they just flat out don't have to sell anymore. Mm. So before we go, obviously, we, we, you know, we have a mix of entrepreneurs, founders, and marketers listening to this show. Could you share a bit about where they can get in touch with you, maybe to come on the, on the podcast or to even use your services. So uh, follow me on LinkedIn. Uh, and I, I hope that you guys can put that in the show notes, but it's, it's Matt Haller and I've been on LinkedIn since literally LinkedIn started. Um, and so f find me on LinkedIn, message me on LinkedIn, Gavin, as you know, like I've introduced you to people through LinkedIn, people who are like, Gavin, you need to know this guy or, Hey, he might be a good candidate for your show. Uh, so there's that. Uh, Proudmouth.com. So P-R-O-U-D-M-O-U-T-H.com. It's all one word. Uh, that's our website that can you can find out more. Uh, but really, see what it's like to connect with me on LinkedIn, because that's going to give you an example, because everything we do for our clients, we do for ourselves. Everything that we've done to build a multi-million dollar company in less than five years is what we do for our clients. And we thought that we needed to truly walk the walk or we wouldn't represent our products and services the way that we should. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us today, Matt. It's an honor to be on your show, my friend.